Welcome back, everyone, to another podcast episode of the Unquestioned Podcast with Louis de Bade and Willem Himper. And let's start with a good cold opening, I would say. Louis, uh, we live in Belgium. It's not really well known for its amazing weather, but now it's summer and it's getting better and better. Uh-huh. But what is actually your ideal climate to live in and work in? Uh, this one going on right now, summer. California weather, uh, California weather. Why? Because they have it all year round, and we have it in the summer. So, even if you know the sun reflects on your screen, and even if it's hot inside, I believe overall that. Um, going outside and that the sun does more for your uh, well-being uh, your overall energy mental health and balance makes you want to move mm-hmm. makes me want to move um, jump in the water uh, work out everything like that so uh, overall I think it affects your mood and your mood uh, the primary driving force for keeping you um, healthy and focused Correct. on something on the long term even if you put in a few less hours on, mm-hmm. on certain days mm-hmm. okay well my opinion is i have i love as well the summer and so on but i'm actually a little bit more of a winter person i really love to uh s- like uh snuggle in a little blanket or uh stay at home like uh, i would see myself <laughs> living uh, uh, i disagree <laughs> i disagree i would live i want to live as well maybe one day in uh, in scandinavia as well okay. uh, but okay i will not come visit okay <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll find a perfect uh, climate yeah. for both yeah. but uh let's get into the topic of today's episode where the title is stated versus revealed preference. Louis, tell mm-hmm. me what does this statement mean yeah. in the world? Uh, let's start there, maybe. Yeah, a complicated way um, of naming a simple phenomenon, which we've all seen. It's um, do as I say, not as I do. It's basically uh, people um, behaving differently than they think they would and that, or that they uh, they say they do. It's having a different um, preference in reality, sometimes being aware of it, sometimes not being aware of it, um, than the one that you, you tell people. So the stated preference is whatever you tell people or whatever you believe. Like, uh, for example, I value my digital privacy. Mm-hmm. And the revealed preference is what's actually going on with this in this case your your data your privacy so you might be a big uh, activist and say oh i don't want um, the government or companies to um, to know what i'm doing to look at my data but in practice you use facebook every day so actually you don't care that much mm-hmm. uh, that's an example um, another example maybe i would say is uh, based on startups mm-hmm. like our uh, initial uh, startup idea of my company was kind of a, an environment where people could capture all their memories of the people that we've lost um, and initially in the focus group everyone said oh that's amazing i'll be able to uh, see all those beautiful uh, stories of my grandfather and, and, and the next generation but actually in real life uh, then when we started asking them okay how much would you uh, then actually want to pay for this mm-hmm. and right. uh, would you now buy this then it, 
suddenly the whole thing that they were saying was kind of a little bit bullshitted. Uh, yeah. So it's really, even in focus groups where you think, oh, okay, let's do a focus group, let's really deep down what people want. Um, it's actually, again, they state a lot of things, but actually when something is built or when they have to use the product, something else is revealed in a way. Um, so yeah, and you that, never ask them. Never ask no. people uh, what they want because they don't know mm-hmm. what they want. It's usage and eventually... Uh, payment correct are you willing to pay for this that's the ultimate tell of is this providing value for you do you miss it mm-hmm. do you come back to it yeah. <laughs> very important that you can show people your product and they will try to, to please you and and try but do they come back and in, uh, in the beginning as well of my startup journey i really every uh, certain startups has, has failed the first thing that they said to me as advice try to make people pay already just let yeah. them pay that is the the best validation as clear a signal you can get correct and as well another thing is that like be scared of tarpid ids i don't know if i already uh, explained this on this podcast kind of a tarpid id is what we're explaining now people really love it people think oh this is going to change the world Mm -hmm. uh and so many we it's such a big audience that will use this service or product but eventually then uh once you get closer to uh building it eventually no one uses (laughs) yeah it sounds good on paper and then Right. Correct. Maybe for the listeners as well, a couple other examples. Yeah, the one uh, that jumps to mind with um, your thing um, is uh, your social network. Is you want people to have a very deep interest and not a superficial, uh, like, oh yeah, that sounds nice, I like it, idea. And uh, Paul Graham, um, famous investor, mm-hmm. in his essays describes it as a um, hole or a pit in the ground. Mm-hmm. You want that uh, to be a very, very deep, um, deep hole that you dig. So not shallow, not mm-hmm. sh- not shallow, superficial interest, but as deep as you can. And um, the example that he gives is a social network for pets. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that sounds cool, mm-hmm. says everybody. But then in practice, nobody uses it, or they would have built it by now. And that's mm-hmm. an example of you know. A very shallow, almost you, can, you mm-hmm. almost don't notice that people are like, yeah, yeah, cool, 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 sounds cool. Um, but what you want, and there's examples of both. You know, Google is um, like it's a crater, basically, it's a yeah, gigantic yeah. hole. Like um, lots of interest, lots of value, uh, but at the start, at least you want you, you can have a very narrow niche um, uh, idea, but that has deep a deep following and deep interest. Mm-hmm. Um, for example. Um, I don't know uh, eBay um, eBay resellers, people that that um, sell a certain type of uh, toy or collector's item. Yes. Um, they are. There's not a lot of them, no. but they are obsessed with it, and uh, they're going to be your initial market, and then you can expand in concentric circles and make that market larger and larger. But it, it, you can't start from yeah. the gigantic one. You have to uh, obsess, create your monopoly over a niche. And then you can go outward. Let's okay. think about some other examples yeah. in real life. Well, one thing first I was going to say is, uh, I see this all in a startup, by really obsession about the problem, you'll kind of, with that metaphor you're saying, you'll make your 
pit or your mm -hmm. hole deeper and deeper because you constantly find newer things and newer stuff that will bring value to the user that will not be seen on the surface but will make it more likely to succeed uh, your startup because you're really obsessed and keep digging through. Um, some other examples. Uh, <laughs> I have maybe a funny example. Uh, it's uh, in the in the Tinder realm. <laughs> you could you could say, for example, when um, a girl puts on her um, and her her, ten, her her bio, like yeah, I uh, looking for uh, a guy that's uh, above one meter eighty or one meter eighty five. But then you really ask them that uh, who was your ex how tall was he and then it's only one meter seventy or something yeah, like but, that but, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it's like literally exactly the same i stay like oh i want this perfect thing but then when it's revealed actually what they really want uh, yeah, what, that's, what that's a funny one like uh, I, I need tall people and then you look at the, the last three boyfriends and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it doesn't appear to I, be yeah true. i think even uh, you told me this <laughs> this yeah, yeah, yeah. one yeah i mean but there's uh, a lot of there's there's uh, memes about that <laughs> um and and the classic one uh from in the old days is henry ford um the founder of uh ford motors mm -hmm. uh, the first successful consumer car said if if he would have asked people what they wanted they would have said they want a faster horse mm -hmm. uh, not a car because mm -hmm. their in, imagination can only take them that far they can only you know extrapolate augment optimize something that they know uh, because of he's not a consumer is not obsessed like he no. might become a, a valued adopter. obsessive adopter once he sees it but he doesn't have he lacks the creativity um, to think of uh, of like 5x 10x value creation of something so groundbreaking uh, that it moves the needle and makes a difference yeah the same way kind of how the the first iphone moment was everyone thought oh i need my ipod as all my music and i need my phone and then i need as all my uh, my computer to search internet but as well uh it's just people said like i don't need a phone where it does it everything i have my three separate devices but but by Steve Jobs kind of doing that 10x and really kind of digging in uh, and doing a 10x improvement, the iPhone became uh, a yeah, real you thing. you don't really know until you build it. Like, yeah. I'm sure even Apple could not predict that the iPhone is the most successful consumer product ever. Mm -hmm. I think it surpassed the Rubik's Cube, which <laughs> used to be the that's most successful product ever. That's insane. The iPhone, like, is unprecedented and I, I don't know if there's ever going to be a product like that again why because it's this magical convergence device um, designed by Apple in California um, mm -hmm. manufactured in China and then shipped globally all over the world yeah. very efficiently um, you know a, a product with the scale of a Toyota the margins of a Ferrari we've talked <laughs> enough about it yes but even Apple I'm, I'm sure didn't no, it was going to catch on uh, that well. Um, they, they, they were sure it was going to have some hoping. success, but sometimes, you, yeah, you never know uh, what you're going to create until you build it and you give, mm -hmm. you give it to people. Maybe the, a separate pocket camera um, well, what was a different uh, way yeah. that the world could have, could have went into, but we see, we've clearly seen that the customers have revealed yeah. their preference and what they want. And as a last uh, double statement that I will make is now Apple is kind of at the same kind of crossroads or the same uh, uh, point in in their journey again of the Apple Vision Pro virtual reality set. Uh, it's something people kind of already 
dreamed a little bit about but will they really use it will kind of what they state like oh yeah i'll uh, wear that headset all day to work or productivity uh, to uh, do everything uh, will that as well be revealed in the in their actions and behavior we'll see yeah um, and one thing i wanted to add as well it's very difficult for a startup owner to hear this advice because you could see like oh steve jobs my customers they don't know what they want i'll just build my dream and then i'll i'll sell it but some it could work but this is as well very risky it's as well very valuable to keep listening to your customers and iterating over what they want uh, and it's kind of really you have to look at what am i my building is it extremely revolutionary and is it kind of something that um where my customer insight will bring me back and will hold me da down or will just by listening to my customers uh, will that accelerate me towards the right product to build so I don't know the exact answer. Well, was a small step is just as a reality check is to build something you use yourself, mm -hmm. which you wouldn't think this, but uh, I've seen a lot of pitches where um, the creator, the founder doesn't even use his service mm -hmm. himself. So at least if you solve your own problem, um, hopefully in a cheap, cheap enough way, quick enough way, um, with not too much investment, then at least, you know, <laughs> it, it works on some level. Now you might have a very weird setup a strange eclectic taste and there might not be another person like you or not enough of a market but at least you've solved a problem for someone so start there and then you can seek out the market and see if other people have uh, the same challenges face the same issues and you can hand them a, a solution say hey i spent the time i figured it out uh let's see um if it also works for you perfect i think that's a great way to end thank you louis for this amazing episode stated versus revealed preference yes and hopefully you enjoyed it um and we'll see you back to another episode of the unquestioned podcast bye bye see you soon